0: Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the Reds Unrestricted Podcast. I will be your host for this one. My name is Dan Club. I'm joined by Chris Coughlin for this one.
1: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
0: Chris, how you doing, mate? You good?
1: I am good. I'm good. Always good after a night where the
0: Reds emerge victorious one way or another. Yeah, that's it, mate. I was actually at the game last night. I don't get to go as often as I used to with work commitments and what have you now, but we're obviously here to talk about Liverpool beating Fulham 1-0. And obviously, listen, not the most swashbuckling of performances from Liverpool, but it had its moments, and we'll talk through those moments as we go along, I'm sure. Um, Before we do so, Chris, I'm going to come to you first for your three-word match review, please, mate. Yeah, those three words are
1: quite simply, win's a win. Because I think that's what a lot of people will probably have said after that. Um, wasn't didn't, no, it didn't hit the heights of Sunday, but not every game can do that, of course. Um, and it was a game where Liverpool just had to get over the line. Um, there's genuine discussion to be had off the back of the game as well. I saw um, Dave, Dave Comerford say on uh, Twitter, you know, the debate between who's Liverpool's player of the season, between Alisson and Salah. I mean, and I, I replied to it by saying that it's very rare that a player with 29 goals and counting, you know, isn't talked on, is nailed on. But you do wonder where Liverpool would be without Alisson. And it was another crucial game from from him yesterday. Um, what I will say, I've said it a few times, but it's worth reiterating. Something Allison has never been in Liverpool shirt is busy, and yesterday was another example of him having to be busy to to be alert, to be. The best version of himself in terms of uh, you know, the the basics for being a goalkeeper, but ultimately it's a game where ten years down the line, I don't think anyone would be
0: remembering or reminiscing on it. But you get the three points and uh, and you move on. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's actually what you've touched on there kind of lends itself nicely to my free match review, which is finding a way. And it's actually something that Liverpool haven't done enough of this season. If we're going to be honest, like when we played not at full tilt. We used to win games of football not as yeah. not at our best. And we've lost that entirely this season. Like we have we had to be amazing to win. Otherwise we just didn't win. But just recently and last night especially, we're not quite at it, but we still get three points and we move on. And that's crucial because you don't well you don't get in the top four without winning games like that, quite frankly. And you definitely don't win titles without winning games like that. I think that's pretty evident now based on like I say what's happened this year. Um you touched on a really great point there with Alison and Sal and we'll come back to that a little bit later but before we do um, this was another game for me Chris, I don't know if you agree where I mean, I think Trent was voted man the match officially by the club on Twitter after the game um, do you agree with that stance? There was a couple of standout performers but was it the Trent show again for you? He was good
1: there was a part where Um, He collects the ball from Fabinho and does a nice pirouette in the middle of the park. And I think that showed kind of the confidence that's really grown within him, really, Um, in terms of that role, in terms of expressing himself in that role as well. Um, I don't think it was his best game since he's played in that role. Um, I think he was still able to spread the passes, but I, I I think the first 20 minutes, actually, or the first 10 minutes, maybe, he threatened to actually score <laughs> as well, yeah. didn't he? So he threatened the, the forward side of that play. Um, but in terms of the, in terms of who really stood out for me, I have to say um, there were parts where Van Dijk made some crucial interceptions, some crucial interventions um, to almost redeem himself from more hesitant moments against Tottenham. Uh, I know there was the part where he battled with Vinicius, which was actually a lot more of a battle than I expected it to be, to be honest. And, again, Alisson bailed him out on that occasion, but there were occasions where Van Dijk defended really well, especially late on in the game. Uh, so I thought that was one of his better displays. I was disappointed in the role of Kosta Simakas, but then I saw it pointed out later on. How much has he actually been educated in terms of the new system? Because Robertson has had to change his own role with the to that, and I thought... I thought Simicast starting last night was the right decision because I thought Robertson had a particularly poor game on Sunday, mm-hmm. and with with the Sunday Wednesday Saturday turnaround, I think there will always going to be one or yeah. two changes. But uh, again, I think he, I think it was an example of him not particularly being used to the new system or what, what's expected of him in that system, mm-hmm. given that he's probably meant to be a little bit more tucked in, just with Trent now playing the role that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny as as well because um, Darwin Nunez, of course, he, me and Dan, so me and Dave mentioned that he hasn't, obviously, of course, hasn't been starting games. And I think I don't know what I don't know about you, Dan. It was a funny old game from Nunez yesterday. Of course, won the penalty, um, controversial or not. Ultimately, Diop gave the referee a decision to make, and I think that's something that has to be said. Um, but then there were other parts where you felt Nunez
0: was trying too hard, but then you felt. He's maybe a little bit rusty. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I do think that's fair to say. I'd describe his performance as full of endeavour, full yeah. of effort, um, and lively, I think are probably the words I'd use to describe it. Because, like you say, didn't lack in trying, was desperate to make something happen. Ultimately, does make something happen, like you say, with the, with the win of the penalty. But... There were moments whereby he looked a little bit frustrated. He made some runs in behind and the ball never quite came for him. There's a moment where he did have sort of half a chance, like a glimmer of a, an opportunity in front of the goal, and he almost like slips and sort of scuffs his lines a little bit with it. And then probably, unfortunately for him, the standout moment of the game, apart from winning the penalty, is when he tries a step over on the left-hand side of the box and leaves the ball behind. Yeah, but That is... Probably the moment that will live longest in the memory, certainly of rival fans. like We just kind of laugh at it and move on. It's Darwin Nunes, what will be, will be. But we already know rival fans are queuing up to sort of have a pop at the sign of Darwin Nunes. And he's just, he's just very raw still. He really is. And I thought he might have settled down by now. Obviously, we're coming into very much the home straight of the season. I thought he would have settled, I think. He's not been helped by, he looked like he might have settled earlier this season, but now we've shifted system all over again, and Cody Gakpo's come in, so he's probably not been helped by that, because he looked like he was finding his way, and all yeah. of a sudden Diaz, Jota's back in form, Gakpo's involved, we've changed formation, he doesn't quite know what to do again, so it's been a difficult season for him, I think it's fair to say, but I'm sure he'll come good, and um, I think you're right with Trenting. he was really good. I think Man the Match might be slightly kind. Obviously, Alisson, you can throw into that mix, gets his 99th clean sheet, like, incredible effort from him again. Makes a couple of big interventions, keeps us in the lead late on. Um, and also, Curtis Jones, I thought was impressive again. I was impressed with him, watching him. Certainly, first time I've seen him live in this new role, and I thought he was outstanding I it, to be honest, I really do. Off the ball, especially. It's something I've noticed on telly, but watching him sort of bird's eye view, if you like, was even better. Um, and Canarte as well. I think you're right to Van Dyke, but I mentioned Canarte in the same breath. I thought he was outstanding. So if I had to pick one of them, I might just go. I, I, I might just go for Canarte if I had to pick one of them. Genuinely, I thought he was superb. I really did. Um, but on anyway, we will move on to... Oh, it's the a in Allison debate. You mentioned it a minute ago. Um, player of the season. Uh, we're very much in that I guess they'll be voting for it now, and we or we'll be asked to vote for it very soon anyway. Um if you had to pick one right now, Chris, who are we saying?
1: I'll be honest. I don't think I I didn't press the button when on Dave's poll on Twitter. <laughs> I, just, I just stared at it. it uh, I was having this thought last night as well because I think one of the biggest things with regards to Mohamed Salah in the Liverpool fan base, arguably can be sometimes how underappreciated he is and I, I still feel that is still the case at times. It's like you don't realise what you've got until it's gone. Which is true with so many things, but particularly with, with Mohamed Salah, that really could be the case. You, it's like, it's like a lot of fans have reached the stage of just taking 20 plus goals as standard as okay, whatever, he's, he's going to get to 30 again, well, presumably in the last four games. You know, but that is a brilliant achievement. The, the, the consistency is remarkable. Um, he's got his penalty groove back. Um, hopefully, he does a good just down the middle every single time, like a, like James Madison yeah. tends to do now, we all know. Um, but the, the, there's so much to Mohamed Salah as well off the ball now in this new system. He's got to work back a lot more. Um, I think on, um, on Sunday, the part where Harry Kane had the ball and he was looking to pass it and Salah just came and nicked it off him. And that was that was brilliant. That was Salah's endeavour. That was Salah's work ethic. But I suppose the question that has to be asked is where on earth would Liverpool be without a goalkeeper of Allison Becker's quality this season?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you would... There's an argument to say bottom half. There really is. Just because, because he hasn't had nearly the amount of protection in front of him, that has lended itself to what I meant where I, where I say he's had to be busy. He's had to make, I mean, I, I don't know the exact stats, but I, I, I would argue, or I would imagine it, it is either first or second season in terms of the amount of saves he's had to make in the Liverpool shirt. Um, the only one I could imagine, he might, I imagine he would probably have been uh, quite busy in uh, 2020, 21 in the COVID season, the lockdown season. Um, but. <laughs> It's such a tough one because as I don't want to underappreciate Salah and that is why that is what's the kind of stumbling block for yeah. me. Um, but at the same time, I, I am I'm about 60-40 Alisson mm. because of the amount of times we've had to rely on him. I think there's been okay in the cup competitions, like say for Guedes' goal, Vinicius' second outfield, there's been moments where Alisson hasn't had his finest hour. But in the Premier League, again, if I was making my team of the season, I think Allison really is the only Liverpool player that's got a shout of being in it. Uh, I think, it, oh, it, it, it's quite—it's a crazy one, isn't it? Because a twi- a 29 goal season forward not being nailed on just says how much the keepers had to do. And also, Pepe Reina once said he didn't want player of the season, he still got it. So,
0: Allison not want it. yeah, he might yeah. um Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I would just about fall down on Allison. I think. And, we are in danger, we are in serious territory of underappreciating Mohamed Salah and just how freaky yeah. he continues to be, like, I mean, we've seen a certain Norwegian fella in Manchester do something even more freakish than Mohamed Salah's ever achieved, but we do kind of take it for granted just how amazing he is, like he does it again last night, yes, it's a penalty, you know, say what you want about that, but wins the game, he wins the game of football, and given his recent penalty record, stepping up and taking and scoring a penalty is something in itself, but, Like you say, I think Alisson, more often this season have we been indebted to Alisson for keeping us in football matches or indeed winning us football matches than Mohamed Salah. Just. And I mean just. But that is the way I would kind of judge it. Like, for me, I've come away from more games thinking thank God for Alisson, as opposed to thank God for Mohamed Salah. Like, Salah he gets that hatchet against Rangers, doesn't he? For instance, like in a route, you know what I mean? Great boss, happy days. That adds to his tally. I'm not saying he's stat pad in many of imagination, but I just think that is an example of where Salah's goals are boss, happy days, but they haven't won us that game of football. Whereas Allison has won us games of football and indeed points along the way. So for me, it would just about be him. Um, and I love him. I love having Salah. Yeah. Oh, of um, course.
1: I, I I was thinking here as well, like about, about what you were kind of saying, really, about how many of Salah's goals are like won games, for example. Yeah. I think in the Champions League, there's an no argument to say, despite the hat trick against Rangers, I think some of his other goals were quite crucial in terms of being openers and stuff. Of course, so, yeah, he's done it. Yeah. With regards to that, but again, when you think of the amount of work Allison has had to do. Know. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll
0: put it this way, we'll, we'll, I don't think we will be anywhere really near European potential with Allison this season. No. 100%, I agree with you on that. Um, just finally, before we have a quick look ahead to Brentford on the weekend, I wanted to speak to you about it's something we've said quite a lot, I think, in recent weeks. A lot of people have been having the same conversations about we've seen this new system now, this new way of playing, this trend like under Arnold getting involved in midfield, and it's working, I think it's fair to say. How much do you take? in terms of optimism and sort of confidence from, A, the way we're playing in terms of this new system, this new style, this new formation, and indeed the performances that have come with it. And B, the fact that the results have seen an upturn as well, because we are, whatever happens this season happens now. If we finish fifth, fine. If we finish fourth by some miracle, boss. But that will be what it will be. However, I think this little run of form now is more important for what happens at the start of next season. So how much do you take from it? A lot. I mean,
1: finishing fifth isn't nearly as bad when you consider it could be a day out in Dublin. You know,
0: well, God, yeah. All <laughs> that now, all of us. <laughs> the more I'm thinking
1: about it, the more it just makes so much sense. Oh, a 2015-16 was really fun as well. Yeah. Um, but going, in, going into next season, I, th- I, think, I think you've got to have optimism as well. I mean, in terms of you know incomings as well, I think personally I'd kind of accepted. You know, I know we'd all seen the Bellingham news. I I hadn't kind of held on much more hope about that being a negotiation tactic or anything. And it looks to all intents and purposes like Real, I've got him, and you can't begrudge him that at all. Um, you know, if if it meant like Alexis McAllister, Bugate, another another midfielder and, and center off, I think that. Even if more players came in as well, but that would be a really good transfer window in terms of four core players. I think McAllister is extremely high up on that list, obviously. But in terms of the the players at the moment, there's a lot of optimism. Absolutely, uh, I I just I love watching Trent in this new role. Uh, on um, on Sunday when I was there, I just looked at it and thought he just he just looks like he's enjoying his football. He just looks he looks a lot less restricted. Um, although I have to say, I didn't know William was still that quick <laughs> at his age. And to, you know, I think yeah. you saw a few times when Trent had to go back into his right back role last night. There were still some of the, the the doubts about that area, and that one of the things I'm, I know I meant we mentioned to Dave about this. Does a right-back need to be brought in? Or does O'Connor Bradley, does a Calvin Ramsey, do, do they need to be integrated properly? And then does Trent have to become an out-and-out midfielder for the system to f- thoroughly f- flourish? Because I suppose the one the one thing about this new system is just to have chances they can get, that can be conceded via it. It's all well and good creating chances, but it's... It's a worry when you concede that many as well. And it lends itself obviously to Van Dijk having to do more. Kanate effectively having to play two roles at once at the moment, which he is more than capable of doing. I think if there's any young centre back in the world that could cover the right back area at the same time, it probably would be Ibrahim and Kanate. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but that's probably my main concern in terms of I'd like to see I'd like to see the system in place with a dedicated right back. But of course that means taking one of the midfielders out. And does that mean Trent Becomes, the, becomes a new signing in terms of a midfielder. Uh, I think a fair bit of the fan base might explode at the thought of that. But um, I, I think ne- next season as well, Diaz will have a full, full season, hopefully no injuries. Jota, again, hopefully will start the season fit. Uh, you've got Nunez again in pre-season from the first day. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll learn from this season as well, become a better finisher. will have a full pre-season of Cody Gakpo and just what he can he can do. He can learn this role so, so much more, and he's already brilliant at the role anyway. Um, and then I think additions can only help, I think, because it, it's, it's impressive, and Klopp has spoken so many times about the need for a rebuild, and you could argue it's maybe a year or two too late, but we don't know what assurances he was given over a certain signing that's got away and, and, and all that. Um, but ultimately, I mean, you, you, you gotta have optimism, haven't you? I'm not, I'm not entirely. I'm not talking like title challenging at this stage, just because we don't. Again, we don't know what City are going to do. For example, And they will, of course, be the team to beat again. Um, I'm not discounting Arsenal. Just you know, I mean, I do think City will win it now. But uh, you know, yeah, never say never for any Arsenal fans listening. But um,
0: yeah, ultimately,
1: new season, optimism.
0: That's the way to go, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I. I... I make you right about sort of, there is still teething problems, let's say, with the yeah. system, because you're right, we did concede a lot of chances against Fulham, who, you know, credit where credit's due, came to play, really, they were good, they played some lovely football at the times, caused us problems, Willian really, especially, down the side, we all expect, but it gave us a hard time, and um, we are going to have to learn. I mean, we conceded three at the weekend against Tottenham. If it's not for Allison last night, we probably conceded at least one, perhaps two. So, I mean, you've allowed a good goal, goalkeeper, by the way, I should say at that point. But <laughs> I think, yeah, there are still even problems. And you mentioned sort of Darwin Nunes and Cody Gakpo having to learn in pre-season. We're probably going to have to learn in pre-season as well in terms yeah. of how we play this system a bit better and how we do limit those opportunities for all the opposition. Because I'm not having for a second that. Klopp is going to be happy with Trent going into midfield and vacating the right back whilst we continue to leak so many opportunities. Up. It's just not going to be the case. Yeah. I don't I don't sit in a world whereby Trent goes into midfield and we sign a right back and one goes and plays it. I don't think that's the way this system works. I think it works and it does. It just needs to work better. Um, and I think you're right on Kanata. I think he is the perfect right-sided centre-back for it. My concern is, although Joe, sorry, uh, Joel Matip did it brilliantly against West Ham, my concern is, well, he might not even be here next season, so who knows yeah. whether he can still do it, I do have long-term concerns about him doing it, and we haven't seen Joe Gomez, on paper Joe Gomez will be perfect at it, because yeah. played right back, he's quick enough, he's, you know, he's he plays right side of the centre-half, so he would make sense, we just don't know yet, um, and on top of all of that, of course, coming right back, Canarte, amazing, isn't shy of getting injured. I think that's probably the nicest way of putting it.
1: Yeah, the it, it, it's not a perfect record, is it? I mean, I know I mentioned I know I mentioned City in, in the last answer, but I think I have I have been watching them recently in terms of how they do it. And seeing John Stones almost a, as an attacking mid is just so strange. I know, but he's in the same way. I mean, Trent's Range of passing is is superior to most players in the league, but it, it, it's really strange seeing how suited John John Stones is to it, and while I think Trent is incredibly suited to it as well, mm-hmm. I think again he's he's probably still learning about it. I, I saw an interviewer say said to yesterday about um, maybe playing with a smile on his face, and I think that kind of lends itself to that. But it's it's just it's just the defensive side at the moment because it, it's almost kind of looking back to best part of a decade ago. With, Remember 2013-14 when it was under Rodgers, when it literally became a case of you score two, we'll score three, you score three, we'll oh. score four. And that's a very draining way to play football and to watch football. Yeah. Um, so the main part, yeah, as we've both said, it has to be the defensive side that is focused on with recruitment, mm-hmm. possibly, but definitely in
0: terms of tactics and performance. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and it's not only a draining way to watch football, I think it's actually unsustainable if you want to be yeah. a top team, you're not you don't win a lot of stuff playing that way like it's very, it's immensely very it, I mean they're probably, I don't know why they've to my head, obviously you've got Liverpool side down the years and sort of early Klopp. we played like that and we didn't go and win a lot of stuff you know, yeah. Um, Atalanta in Italy, they spring to, to mind, because they, they were like that for a while, weren't they? Boss to watch, great form, yeah. but you don't ultimately go anywhere with it, because you just can't you can't concede goals like that, Yeah. Um, We'll look ahead to Brentford anyway. Um, speaking of conceding goals, they gave us a bit of a tough time at their place, um, set pieces especially. So, what are your expectations for this one? What have you made of Brentford's season as well? They've been very impressive, haven't they?
1: Very, very impressive. Um, a lot of people probably went into the season wondering if they've had, wondering if they would have second season syndrome. Yeah, but they've completely, you know, thrown any thought of that away. Um, Superb season, massive fan of Ivan uh, you know, took 20 goals in the Premier League for a forward that's had his journey through the game, is, is massive. Um, of course, there's the other side of his game and the other side of uh, what could happen with him and others uh, people have opinions on that front, but you can't deny he's just a wonderful forward um, and quite rightly has got international recognition as well. Um I, like, I mean, their, their defense as well. They've been quite canny in defense. Obviously, Ben Mees had a brilliant season. Ethan Pinnock's come a long way from from non league to the Premier League and performing very well. Uh, Ponte Chance, I know he's been injured for a lot of the season, but him and Zanka as well. He, they're they both performing well when needed. Um, and David Raya has been one of the goals. You know, we talk about a lot about Allison. David Raya's had an amazing season. I think he's made the most saves in the league this season. Um, the midfield. He's excellent as well. Jensen, Norgard, two really good players. Jan Elt plays a bit less than he used to now, but still a, a great addition. And then the forward line, look, uh, you know, the, the funny thing was for the game at Brentford, Tony didn't play. No. <laughs> but but Mbwemo and, and Wisser both had brilliant games. And Wisser's Wissa's one of them. I think he'll be sort of like a Brentford cult hero by the time he leaves because he doesn't play every single game. But when he does play, he, he does contribute really well. And Thomas Frank, quite rightly, is getting a lot of praise and talked about for a lot of other jobs, but he seems pretty happy and the, the job that he's done at Brentford. Um, and I, I think for them as well, look, they're in the middle of in the middle of London, where they've got, of course, Chelsea on their shoulder, um, got so many clubs around them, but you know, they've got a real community spirit, real, real spirit in the stadium as well. And for them to be finishing likely anyway above Chelsea is that that's that's massive for for in terms of how long they've been under under Chelsea's shadow. Um, I think there'll be a lot of teams that might be trying to finish above Chelsea before the end of the season as well. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it'll be a very different game because last season as well, we saw the 3-3 at Brentford, which was quite similar in a way to this season, apart from obviously we, we didn't um, really seize control of the game at any point. But then the game at Anfield was quite straightforward, really. Uh, 3-0 win. Uh, I'm not saying this will be 3-0 at all, I think Brentford are uh, better than that, um, but with it being at Anfield, I, th- I think that probably will lend more of an edge to it, and it's funny, just you mentioned about, I was going to make a point quickly about the defensive side of things as well, you only need to score, you know, with a four, you score two, we score three, If mm. you sc- if you keep a clean sheet, you only need to score one goal to win a game. And that was the case last night. So another clean sheet would be nice. I think against a very attacking side like Brentford, that could require a bit of work in order to achieve that. Yeah. But I think as well we've seen they, they do concede chances as well. And mm-hmm. if the attack gets fully flowing, I think I think it could be quite an entertaining game where I think it could be I think you can see the best of
0: both sides, at Anfield. Yeah, I've got a feeling you might be right on that. I, I'm sort of preempting quite an attacking affair because I hate the term on the beach. I can't stand it. But if there was a side that had a right to kind of be on the beach, it probably is Brentford, because they've achieved what they want to do this season and some. Like, their aim probably would have been, I mean, I'm sure Thomas Rank would have had higher aspirations than this, but for a side like Brentford, second season in the Premier League, their aim should have been to stay up and stay up comfortably, and that's what they've done and some. So they can afford to sort of take the foot off the gas, but I've actually got a feeling they'll just come and play. And they've got a freedom to them now. So I think we will see a real type basketball game, which should in theory suit us because our quality should win out on that front. Like when we went to their place this season, we were a shell of ourselves, quite frankly. Like they bullied us that day. And we had a lot of warnings from set pieces before we eventually started conceding multiple goals from set pieces. Um, So they're going to target that again. I'm certain of it. We just need to be tougher. And recent weeks performances and results have shown that we have got a little bit of that toughness back so I'm confident we can get the result and the fact that they're coming with that freedom of knowing their season has been a success and they can go and enjoy themselves and express themselves that actually fills me with slightly more confidence like yes they could be dangerous but I don't know I just think the way they approach the game just is perfect for us personally they're a side that to me because they are so good to watch at
1: times it, they how how do they go about playing a different way as well? Because when 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 you have a have you say there's no danger of relegation, they might want to try and maybe nick a maybe Conference League spot if 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 they have a good end to the season. Yeah. But um, even though that's unlikely. I think they, they are very much a side that could come in and 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 play well. And you you alluded to. It. I was going to touch on it as well. Just just defensive pieces better. Because it, I, I think that was arguably the bet, the worst game with regards to defending set-pieces under Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. Um, so just do, do, do that better.
0: <laughs> that, that, that,
1: that's, that should be the message.
0: Yeah, if we can do that better, I think that will actually go a long way towards winning the game. Because, yeah. like I say, as much as it was a pretty even contest at their place, in terms of sort of away from set-pieces, it was definitely set-pieces that won out in the end. Like, they absolutely caused those nightmares from them and that's what won the game eventually. So like I say we have improved slightly in that department recently and in terms of who will be tasked to uh, defend those set pieces, do you expect to see any changes from last night? You mentioned earlier in terms of the schedule it has been quick, it has been a quick turnaround. That Ends after Saturday, really. We have like an eight or nine day break because it's the Monday night. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Monday, yeah. So we have a big break. Do you expect to see full spend for this one in that case?
1: I'd expect Robertson to come back in for Simicast. As I mentioned, I was expecting Simicast to come in anyway based off Robertson's performance and the schedule. Yeah. Um, I would probably say Jota from the start if he is over the back pain. Mm -hmm. um, Because Oh, my, my, I always say that just because Diaz has started two in a row. And it feels harsh because I, I would also bring him to Gakpo. But again, Diaz, I think he's not yet back to his blistering best, but you can at least see him. He, he's wanting to get on the ball, which is the Lewis Diaz that we all know. He's mm-hmm. not shying away from after injury. He's saying, give me that ball and I will try and make things happen like yeah. he did nearly for, for Salah's chance at the cop end. In terms of midfield... It's a, a funny one because again I probably there's not too many changes I'd make in that department at the moment and I probably would be tempted to stick with the 3 because I don't think Curtis Jones deserves not to play. Mm-hmm. Fabinho is the you know the, the the main six of course and I've said I sound like a broken record when I say we're, we've been lacking in backup for him for some time now and that would be a big pull of Ugarte if, yeah. if he did come in. Um and then but it's whether Klopp just wants to go a little bit more adventurous or not with the likes of Harvey Elliott over over Jordan Henderson. Um, but I'm expecting a minimum of Andy Robertson mm-hmm. and then one one or two changes in in the front line. And yeah, I, I, it could it could be quite ended, uh, It could be quite just a, an entertaining game, really. But ultimately, because I mean, you saw yourself last night, the, the, the defensive side last night because Fulham had a lot of set pieces. Mm-hmm. That was at least an improvement going into the weekend as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was,
0: it was, and it's a much-needed one, like you said. Brentford will pose bigger problems than that, because they're a bigger yeah. side, and, and it wasn't just the actual, the sort of the physical element that we didn't cope with, it was the the, inno- the innovative elements of Brentford set-pieces, like they had all these different plans for us, and they'd really sort of worked on it, and they they just bullied us, really, we didn't have a clue yeah. about how to deal with it whatsoever, and that'll be crucial on Saturday to deal with that, because like I say, I think, sort of man for man across the park, we can well we're better than them. Let's let's not beat around the bush. We're better than they are. And if it's just a footy match, then we win it. But if we're gonna defend set pieces as poorly as we did at their place, then we're gonna have a hard time. So I'm certain Jurgen Clark will be drilling down on that throughout the week. Obviously to a two day turnaround now between now and the game. And as for changes, yeah I think Robertson's a shoe in to come back in. I don't see any any sort of qualms about that whatsoever. Uh, midfield wise I'd probably just stick with the same I think I'd, I like Harvey Elliott I really do I'm just not sure Saturday's the ideal game to bring him into I think actually starting last night might have made slightly more sense had he have done it that way um, but I think Henderson comes well stays in the side as it was for Brentford um, I think mean, Gakpo comes in for Nunes again I think we'll see Nunes drop to the bench and yeah I'm with you I think if Jota is good to go because we know he's carrying I think it's a couple of knocks now when he's back and I think <laughs> yeah. else uh, if he's Goes fine yeah, I think he's fine. Then he goes. But if not, I wouldn't be, against seeing Diaz for an hour and then Jota for half an hour if he's got it in him. Because, I mean, the other alternative to that, of course, is you go Nunes from the left, Pro centrally, and Salah yeah. from the right. That's another option. Just depends on where Diaz and Jota are fitness-wise, I guess. Yeah,
1: because, again, I know I said about Nunez not playing, but... We talk about consistency, don't we? And I think we all want to see him succeed. And he does need that consistency that he hasn't had recently. So, Nunez from the left, he might look a bit more natural in that regard. Um, yeah. But he, I think he will have to learn through the middle at some point. Um, but yeah, maybe this is the kind of season, even though we, you know, opinions might change after, if, say if Brighton beat United tonight, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and the top four becomes a little bit more than a glimmer. But Um, if it is looking like it's going to be nailed on for fifth, try a few things that's what this part of the season's for
0: Yeah 100% yeah, I think that we've already seen signs of that haven't we with uh, the aforementioned new system and stuff we're definitely sort of looking ahead already but that could well change, we might have to see 4-3-3 from the uh, But if Brighton do beat United tonight, or even a draw, because Brighton themselves aren't out with that mix. True, 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 very true. Yeah, they're fighting inside there. Anyway, before we go, um, I've got to ask you, I haven't hosted one of these for a while, but I'm going to ask you anyway, uh, score prediction for the weekend?
1: Score prediction for the weekend, I think... I think it will be quite an entertaining contest. 3-1 Liverpool.
0: Yeah, I think goals. I think goals. I'm going to say... This could be the, the worst prediction of all time. I'm going to say 4-2 Liverpool. We you know, I,
1: I knew you were going to say it. I don't even know why. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 we like, really, yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: when you, when you, said, yeah. When you it, said random prediction, I just said 4-2, yeah. Yeah, it's just a bit mad because, I think, say, I just think, Benford, they've got like, nothing to lose. And we're this side now that is looking relatively sharp in attack. Well, we've got loads of options in attack. And, but we are conceding chances at the back. I just sort of envisage this quite chaotic. I mean, we're not shy of a chaotic game at Anfield this season. Let's be honest. So another one to add to the uh, to add to the list for this season. Uh, anyway. It's been a pleasure, Chris. Uh, that'll be all we've got time for for episode 131, I believe it was. I've read a good podcast. We'll be back to talk about the Benford game and look ahead to that Monday night clash against Leicester. Relegation threat in Leicester as well, I should say, at that stage. Um, but until then, it's been a pleasure. I will speak to you all again soon. Take it easy.